So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to For IndyCar's Sake, the podcast that won't be bringing you any interesting pre- or post-race information because we're backed by BT Sport. Yeah, they're going to be looking to go through some corners, one and two. And Welcome to For IndyCar's Sake, the somehow survivable car crash of motorsport podcasts. We've made it this far, despite flying through the air and landing on our heads. Welcome to... Caution! Why? There's something on the track. I'm Chica Ayers, and today from the Southwark Tavern in London Bridge, we are going to talk about the 2017 Indianapolis 500. So, for those IndyCar listeners who have no idea what this is and who we are, let's start with Phil. Hello. I would describe Phil as a trashy car magazine in a human form. (laughs) (laughs) Trashy car magazine? (laughs) You know your stuff. But you like, you know, it's a bit gossipy. So Phil works for Autosport magazine. No, no. Auto Car magazine. No, no. Auto Trader. Which yes. car? Which car? It's a magazine. the biggest car website in the UK by a country mile. And in that wow. job, you, you you often have. I don't do any training cars. Do mm. you drive around? I'm the senior you go road tester. Around You're the senior world. road tester. That's impressive. Yeah. Didn't know that. About it's you. Very yeah. impressive. To my uh, sort of right and opposite is Terry Saunders. Uh, a lofty man of varying hair uh, who used to be a stand-up comedian and still retains much of the comedy that took him quite far. If anything, I'm the Max Chilton of <laughs> comedy. Well, you perform much better than anyone expects. And to my left, I have Chica, who well, I would... you're right. Who is just, just <laughs> annoyingly pedantic. <laughs> I think we've learned about Chica... She's gone through the gamut in terms of quality of living accommodation. Oh, yeah, we've Used had. to live in a peanut warehouse. I yeah. think that was covered in shit at one Peas point. Peas everywhere. Yeah. Porn, porn shooting house, in the house, house, I understand. You live with a porn star or no, something, no, is that right? No, no, no. The place opposite your is boy- a porn No, because your boyfriend is a stallion. He's known as the stallion. He's he not known as a porn stallion. Studio, is that right? No. <laughs> no, no, no. Officially, now he is. That's how these things work. So, Tom, if you're listening. <laughs> hey, Tom. So it's fair to say that we're only covering this because of Alonso's involvement. And for many listening, the 2017 running of the Indy 500 will have been the first time they've seen America's Greatest Race. And us. White people? 
Sorry. <laughs> wow. Trying to get wow. one for the, uh, for the American wow. listeners. Wow. Well, there go most of the new listeners bastard. straight away. And uh, what do we think of the whole concept of this oval racing? Well, it's a bit different, isn't it? I mean, yes. we, we, we should say straight off the bat that we all sat there. We're recording this on Monday. And we all sat down in my front room yesterday and watched it together, which doesn't usually happen for the F1. No. no. I'd seen a few Indy 500s before. I think you had as well, Terry. Chica, this yep. was new to you. I've it? never seen it before. Well, should we, I'm going I'm to flip it. I know okay, you're the host, right, but I'm going to flip it back at you. Ask me. What, what did, did you think? make of it? Because you basically you, you exist on F1. You don't really mm. follow anything else. No, no, not at all. What did you make of the whole concept of IndyCar and oval racing? Do you know what? That may have been my last IndyCar. Wow. I just okay. So there were there were moments that you were exciting. You don't have a sister. Chica left like <laughs> with an hour left. And she got oh, I've got to pick my sister up. I think she was just bored. You just no, made I up mean, a sister. You did miss the most exciting bits. I to, to be say. fair, when people said what happened in the last 80 laps that I missed I thought okay that does sound quite good and what happened to Alonso but the first 50-60 laps uh, <laughs> I just licked the microphone so wow uh, out of frustration well, well, what, what, I would say IndyCar and I'm sorry for any fans listening it's boring <laughs> then very exciting then boring then needlessly boring then stupidly exciting then boring then exciting then, then weird. stop the race stop the race is it is, is it a race of extremes would you say like it's either yeah. one thing or the other yeah just... i like the fact there were a lot less rules and it seemed a lot more logical that yes. i liked that that was good some of the rules you go yeah that makes more sense and now I'm questioning why Formula One does things the way that Formula mm. One does it because well I mean so let's let's go through some of the most obvious ones then first of all it's not just two drivers per team in mm. identical looking cars yeah all the cars like some of them had like four or five drivers all the cars look different I've was that just good? Re- sorry I've just realised the the best thing about it is on the car it says what position they're in <gasps> yeah that, that is good. the little di- is the little the little display the at the pit side. side the pit stop timers on the side of yeah. the car that was good. is the best thing <laughs> really I have good. ever seen. This is essentially sort of a research mission for things that F1 should... I've never never thought about that. I think they should bring that in for, like, running races as well. Imagine 100 metres... Well, they're all just wearing LCD displays on their shirts. (laughs) Like Cyberdog (laughs) t-shirts. There were lots of things that sort of catered more towards keeping the fan informed. Yeah, like the position, as you say, all the little displays were good. The fact that the cars were much more different to each other. Once you sort of knew who was in what car, you could instantly tell who was driving. Exactly, whereas you're watching F1 and you're not entirely sure which one it is. Yeah, yeah. is that Kvyat or is that... Well, F1 had this weird rule where, like, because I remember when BAR came in, they wanted to have Um, both cars have a different livery entirely in the rules it was actually said no in the rules you can't have that so they had that terrible half and half car yeah, thing that's right is, they unveiled two different cars yeah, didn't they and, and, then, yeah, and then F1 said no <laughs> why what was the reasoning behind that because though? Bernie was just a, Bernie started bringing this stuff in in the what was it, late 70s was it yeah, where he started bringing teams, all these rules teams had like, like three cars homogenising everything yeah, it, it, yeah they used to bring in drivers for random races and stuff it's yeah. like no everyone has to do the, the whole season only two cars they have to look the same mm. it's a bit like Germany, right? Right. You know, as oh, we where's this oh, going? <laughs> as we grew up, actually, maybe not you, Chica. Sorry, because of your age. But West Germany and East Germany were separate with different things. You know, there was just there was East were Germany, they? there was West. Oh, nice. And because we were born in the eighties, mm. you go well. That's just how Germany is. I don't know why, but I'm not going to question East Germany, West Germany. And then so the Berlin Wall comes down, and they're like, "Oh, Germany is Germany again." And you're like, "Again? <laughs> what do you mean?" <laughs> 
What? It, what, it was the before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Germany before. Then it split, got split in the fifties. You know that. I don't know that. And then you did you never have a history lesson at school? Oh, do you know what? There's so much to learn. There's a lot. Of, been, there's been a lot of history. <laughs> yeah. God, where do you start? I mean, we did like medicine in the Wild West. Romulus and Remus. Edward Jenner. Smallpox. Edward Jenner's from my hometown, so we learned a lot go. about him. A lot about him. I feel like we're Should digressing. We bring this back? Anyway, so. <laughs> So to, to us, we think Formula One is about having two cars per team, same livery, all this kind of stuff. And that's and what it, motor racing is. But in a, yeah, exactly. That's how it's always been. That's how it should be. That's the way it is. And you watch Indy and go, wait, you don't have to have all the cars mm. the same colour in the same team. You can have more uh, than two drivers per my, team. Yeah, mind blown. And then you just suddenly go, well, we don't do it that way in Formula One. And you just think, well, why? You go, because someone said years yeah. ago, and that's the only reason. So what else did we like? I mean, Chica, you didn't see the end of the race, which frankly was when it got the most exciting. Yeah, sorry. Okay, so let's go back to the race and talk about the most notable incidents. What well, stood out for you? Well, of course, there was all the pageantry and all the traditions and stuff that we completely didn't see at the beginning, thanks to BT Sports coverage. Yeah, let's start right from the beginning, and that is, before anything happened, we switched on to BT Sport, and uh, we were we were expecting bored. I was expecting Star Spangled Banners, mm-hmm. military flypasts, old traditions of random things and people singing crazy songs. And I've seen Indy 500s before, and what you get is you... You get a dodgy illegal stream of the American coverage and you get American TV, which is batshit crazy. There's adverts every four seconds. Every camera angle is sponsored by something. Everyone's stupidly excited when basically they're just going around in a circle. And they're all going, oh, this is the event. It's the Memorial Day. It's such a big deal for them. And then I'm like, well, we're going to sit and watch that and we can enjoy enjoy the sheer mentalness of the craziness of IndyCar. The pantomime. The pantomime. Mm. But what do we get? Susie Perry, Mike Conway and Richard Williams. All of whom, frankly, I've got plenty of time yeah, for. But three God together. almighty, they just sat there in an ostentatious studio, studio. Huge studio. Talking really fucking far apart from nonsense. Each other. I once went on a coach. I had to change at Birmingham. This is relevant. And <laughs> Still more exciting than their back in the day when... Birmingham Coke Station was a shithole and there was an Irish bar I think it was called like Digby or Digbeth 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 is that the, that's yeah, the area place in Birmingham yeah and there was an Irish bar that was basically in a warehouse and I went in there with a friend once to have a couple of whiskies for the next leg of the journey you know that's what you do mm. and <laughs> we were like two of us and it was in this kind of aircraft hangar and that was what the BT Sport coverage felt like <laughs> but without the whiskey as much as I admire Mike Conway he's a very good driver Richard Williams very good author god they're charisma vacuums Mike Conway just looked depressed the whole time Richard Williams just kind of forgot he was on telly and he looked like he was trying to remind somebody that their library books were, were slightly <laughs> late. Susie Perry, who, I mean, I'm not going to diss her because she's done a lot of work, I presume. Also, you said when we were watching it that it was it was a last-minute thing. You could see that. Because of Alonso coming in, this was not I'm sure previous thing. years, yeah, previous they years, just they've, just kind of, they've just... They're Well, they use American coverage and they just have a couple of guys in a recording studio mm. somewhere. Just so when the Americans go to breaks every 30 seconds, there's mm. some Brits going, well, while they're on a break, let's... Uh, cars are still going around. <laughs> uh, but this time they were like, oh, shit, Alonso's in it. We'll have more people watching. We'd better get a big studio. Mm. Yeah, they've got... But like, just show the American stuff. It's like they've oh. got... Well, I mean, let's be honest. They've missed a trick here because we would have been phenomenal at that. <laughs> yeah, Can I you mean, imagine... How we might good. not have the in-depth knowledge of an actual IndyCar driver and a notable motorsport mm. Yeah, we can still have Mike Conway the there. Passion. 
We can have Mike Conway there and we throw to him and go, right, you crashed really hard in a car. How are your ears still so nice? Right? Really, kind of, really good ears. Really good ears. Mm-hmm. Really yeah, nice yeah. ears. Yeah. Well, let's, I mean, I feel like we should maybe talk about the race itself. Scott Dixon! Yeah, I mean, it was. I think I literally said, I'm quite surprised there haven't been any cautions yet. And within 13 seconds, Scott Ooh. Dixon had launched himself towards Milwaukee. It was amazing. This One is, of the most exciting crashes I think I've ever seen. When that car landed... We did we kind all of think he died. This guy's died. Let's mm. not do any flippant tweets just yet. So I, I, set, I saved him in the drafts folder. And, <laughs> and then he kind of got out the car and it's like, okay, we're all good. But it was like a kind of 80s or 90s Formula One crash mm. where the car was just cut in half. It was insane. It was what like Martin Donnelly's crash. Yeah, the, the engine was just like in half and bits of pipes everywhere, spinning around. Woo! I was initially a little bit worried because they had a long shot of it, of it sort of skittering along the track. Mm. And for the for, for a few moments, I couldn't see the guy's helmet. I was like, oh, shit, he's come out because the car. he hit the side. It looked like on his head, didn't it? It was the way... Well, yeah. it, we were but talking in our, in our in in our our pre-show about, about Dan Weldon, the guy who, who died a few years ago in, uh, in a race in, in an IndyCar race in Vegas. And this was, I mean, almost exactly the same what happened. And he hit another car, went up the back, shot into the air and came down into a barrier. It was on the other side of the, of the thing. But if he'd have been ooh, rotated another few degrees so his head had hit as opposed to the side of the car, I mean, that would have been it. Yeah, it was very, very, it was very, 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 very lucky. But that sort of got us back into it again <laughs> a little bit, didn't it? <laughs> well, then Helio Castroneves drove under it. Yeah, that was amazing. That was also impressive. And and we say by that point, Alonso had led the race for a little bit. He'd, he'd gone, he'd, you know, he's, he was immediately up there, wasn't he? His start wasn't great, and then he was overtaking people, and it was just just fresh on of going. He can do this. He might know what he's he doing. Can do it. Maybe it is piss easy. And well, then fill yeah, me in because I I left at this point. Then what happened? So they, I mean they did a bit more jiggery swappery and a bit more. Uh, There's a few a more, more pit stops, a couple more minor, relatively minor crashes. Mm. Some weird call. Okay, here's the thing I don't understand. Right, when a driver, his engine blows, not just Alonso, a few people otherwise, and they just peel into the pits. They have that as a caution. I Why? think there's, if there's a slow moving car on track, caution just in case. Just ah, oh, you know what? I really liked it when they come in for a pit stop, and unlike Formula One, where they're not allowed to go if there's a if there's oh, a it's carnage. Oh yeah, yeah. They, there's no there's no unsafe release clause by the look really? of it. It's just like it? yeah, fuck it, just go barging into each other. Well, they've got two lanes for a start, so yeah. they can. Well, they have that in F1 as well, but they don't seem to use oh, it. Very I don't well. know, but but let's talk about pit stops because that is stupid, right? They have got this pit stop idea where there's no urgency. There's one bit where they were changing some guy's front wing. And it was like it was like it was They'd like four guys before. on a Sunday afternoon going, oh, I'm not sure. I mean, I might have to go to Alfords. And it was just <laughs> it's terrible. And they just sit the standing around and go, oh, hang on, it comes off. Oh, brilliant. Oh, well done, well done, Frank. And um, whereas in Formula One, and it, again, I mean, I don't want to keep comparing it to Formula One, but hey, but that's it's what we're here the for. Same thing. And the, the whole idea of pit stops where they have like one person does two wheels. And then they just throw the gun out of the way. <laughs> they must break a gun know, every single like, pit stop. You're going to break it. Just, just, just slide it. Yeah. You know, slide it along the floor. <laughs> and they just, there's no urgency in the pit stops. And it yeah, feels, about seven and a half, eight seconds, weren't they? Generally? I know, and I, I feel like it's. I mean, it must, it's, so it's mandated in the rules. The pit stops have it to must be. Like be that, I presume so. Because it would have been great if McLaren came over and just went. <laughs> All right, two second pit stops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty nine people on the on the car. But they're also yeah. refueling as well, so you know. I got know. a lot to do. There was, there. I can't remember who it was. There was one driver who came in and had a comically poor pit stop. Yes. Uh, because the guy with the fuel I can't remember, it might have been Rossi, and he just couldn't get the fuel nozzle in. And he sort of shoved it around three or four times and then it kind of 
put all his weight into it, slid off, and he sort of fell forward into the car. <laughs> yes. I mean, generally, I'm sure it's very difficult, and I'm sure we couldn't do it, but it and didn't look as slick as F1's got it, did it? And I also like the fact they had to fire extinguish the cars. Oh, yeah, just they did it anyway. And you told us about ethanol fires. Yeah, because you can't see ethanol fires, so if there's a problem with refuelling and the, fu- the thing catches fire, when ethanol burns, it burns clear, so you can't see anything. So every time the car would leave, somebody with a fire extinguisher would just fire it at the car anyway. Which so, meant last night I watched quite a spectacular. few YouTube videos of people on fire that you can't see. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but terrifying, isn't it? Hello. Anyway, enough about pit stop. <laughs> So, uh, this went no, no, not enough about pit stop. Oh, more about we haven't talked about the race off pit road. Brought to you by Honda. Mm. What a stupid... That is not a thing. Who's driven out of the pits? Everyone! Because they all come and pit at the same time, which seems stupid, but I guess it's a safety car caution thing. And then, just because in the, in the general kerfuffle, some do better, some do worse, they have this caption, race off pit road. It's like, stop making things happen. Stop making things that aren't things. <laughs> it's like, uh, and now we've got a race here in the uh, podcast pub for uh, who's farted. It was me. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. So the race kind of hotted up towards the end, after, basically after Chica left. Yeah. I, I do um, those things. It, for most of it, it was, it was, it was at the front. So it was, it was Alexander Rossi. It was... Alonso, it was Scott Dixon until he crashed. Who else was there? Max Chilton. Well, yeah, somehow, at some point, Max Chilton managed to sort of not have a pit stop and, and end up at the front. And there were enough cautions that he sort of looked like he was going to get away with it. We were what? sort of faced with the possibility that Max Chilton was going to win the Indy 500. Because in the last, one of the last cautions, somehow, I, don't, I, don't re- I still don't really understand how, I need to read some full in-depth report, which I should have probably read before we recorded a podcast about uh, it, whatever. <laughs> but Alonso just screwed up near the end and ended up being like ninth or tenth. He lost a few places. And one yeah. of the restarts lost a few places. So suddenly he'd been he'd been like second or third reliably the whole race. Then suddenly he was like midway down the pack. And I not and this is a weird thing about it, not knowing the rules that well. I'm like, well that's okay, isn't it? Because this is how it works. And then like the commentators going, oh he's a bit far down now. And you're like, why? Why? What? I don't understand. Then Chilton. Max fucking Chilton is there going... Marussia's finest. Yeah, leading with Takuma Sato. He's from Rygate, you know. Which is in the London area of <laughs> England. And Takuma Sato, and it's just like suddenly we've had all this hype for like three months or however, well, two months, whatever it's been, of Alonso coming to Indy. He's 10th, and we've got two, frankly, appalling Formula 1 drivers <laughs> in the lead of the race. And then Alonso's engine. Honda. Well, he, was, he started coming back, didn't he? Started coming back, doing some overtakes. He got then to his about engine. seventh or sixth or something, and then yeah, his engine. But I mean, we were sort of expecting it, weren't we? Because a couple of his, a couple of the under, other Holland engines had gone, had grenaded in spectacular fashion. And it's just this idea of going right. Zach Brown, CEO of McLaren, going. Uh, okay, what we're going to do? We're having a huge trouble with Honda, so we'll let Indy, we'll let Fernando do the Indy 500. It'll take his mind off all the Honda woes. He'll come back rejuvenated. We can get him for the rest of the season. We can make him sign another year. And what happens? His Honda engine dies. <laughs> Yet again. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't write it. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And what's, what's interesting for Honda is that, and well, spoilers if you haven't seen the race, although why the hell you're listening to this if you haven't, I don't know. Obviously, a Honda engine won the race. But what? nobody's going to remember that. I think a Honda had seven out of the top ten places. Really? But nobody's going to remember that. Everyone's going to remember the fact that they that, uh, that their engine died and, and lost Alonso any chance. But um, speaking of who won the race, uh, quite exciting battle towards the end, wasn't it? Once they, once they sort of um, 
got, got bored of being a bit conservative and just started attacking each other. So it's well, there, was, there was, there was a crazy big crash where like seven cars all kind of skid into yeah, each other. That's right. Final caution, which meant all the fuel saving was not necessary. So they all so went they head out right for the, for the flag. to the finish. Helio Neves overtook Chilton. Chilton thankfully slid down the order because that was embarrassing. <laughs> right? Then Takumasato overtakes Helio Castroneves. Helio Castroneves was on it three times. He's going for a fourth win. Yep. And Takuma fucking Sato comes up from nowhere. And also Ed Jones, who uh, I actually know because I used to race karts with him in uh, Dubai when I used to live there. Great. And uh, he was a rookie. And I'd just like to mention him as doing a fucking tremendous job in his right. first ever Indy 500. First season in Indy cars finished third was up there for the win frankly there was a point where I was like he's going to bloody win it Sato and Castroneves are going to crash into each other and Ed Jones is going to win the race so well done to Ed but it came down to Castroneves and Sato I think even with like two laps to go I thought Castroneves was going to get it well he made a move didn't quite make it stick had to come off the power and that was it he couldn't get close again but I want to talk about one last thing that I don't like about IndyCars if I may which is the silly rule of when you try and overtake it's like this English English polite society thing of like, uh, oh, um, this, this man's going to overtake. As you were, please, on your way, come on, thank you very much, overtake me. I, I'm not allowed to defend or move over or anything because it's health and safety. <laughs> so if you try and overtake, you're just allowed to go past. There's you're no, talking about the no, no blocking, no defending. No thing. blocking, no defending, no being so, a so man. So, my idea is, is when you come around the corner, you can pick the <laughs> sort of lane that you want to be in on the straight. So you can position yourself on the straight, but then that's it. You can't move in reaction to what the guy behind you is doing. Completely mm. unlike European racing. But it meant that, I mean, Chilton actually was quite good at that. When yeah, he was holding off Castroneves for ages, he just sort of positioned him in a place where it's like, Castroneves couldn't go around the inside, and he, was, he just didn't quite have the speed it's to go around the outside. as skillful as picking which queue in the supermarket. You're <laughs> yeah, making but a move. that is a skill. Yeah, well, it's a skill, but it's not, you know, it's not Formula One. All of which brings us to the standings. So, what? Terry, you are going to bring us through every single person that raced yeah. is this, is this for Indy the 500 or is this the IndyCar season no this is the IndyCar season standings oh, right. not be- that we're going to cover the rest of the season no because I thought that would be a fun thing to do <laughs> then I realised that 9,000 people <laughs> drive in IndyCar seasons so everyone put the kettle on here are the standings <laughs> First place is Helium Castanets. Second place, Simon Page down. Third place, Takuma Sato. Fourth, Scott from Down Under and Up and Over, Dixon. Fifth place, that guy what drove for Caterham. Sixth, Tony Kananana. Seventh, Will Power had to fight very hard not to take the piss out of that name. Uh, also joint seventh, Joseph has a new garden. Ed Jones is in ninth. Ed meet Jones Jones meet Ed bad terrible right tenth is James Hinchcliffe Hinchcliffe it's Kathy I've come home now also tenth is Maximilian Chiltonian twelfth is Ryan the Ray Hunter and thirteenth is J.R. Hildebrand spit into a spittoon fourteenth is Andretti number twelve fifteenth is Graham Rahal sorry Graham Rahal sixteenth is Bordet it's okay he had a crash but he's alright he's broken his pelvis seventeenth is Mikhail Alation which is Jean Alesi's alter ego. But 18th, Carlos Munoz, as in there's very Munoz drivers in IndyCar. What? Very Munoz, many, many. Spanish for many. I've is just it? made it up. 19th, Ed Carpenter. Just like me, <laughs> they long to be Charlie in, Kimball, in who is in 20th. There you go, it works. 21st, Spencer Piggott, the jockey. 22nd, <laughs> Juan Pablo Montoya ate all the pies. 23rd, Connor Daly, wasn't he from The Terminator? 24th, Gabby Chavez, Gobby Chav. <laughs> 25th, Fernando Alonso's got 47 points. He didn't finish the race. 
That's more than the last couple of years of Formula One. A 26th Oriole Severe. The dishes are very small. We recommend three per person. That's quite racist, isn't it? His name sounds Spanish. Like it could be tapas. 27th, Sebastian Saavedra, which sounds like he wears a cape. 28th, Pippa Man is not a man. 29th, Jay Howard and Silent Bob strike back. 30th, (laughs) Zach Veach, city name. (laughs) Also 30th, Sage Karam, Rosemary and Time. 32nd, James Davison presenting a big break. I'm getting tired. 33rd, Jack Harvey. Oh, come on, this far down. I've got a dull name. 34th, Buddy Lazier. Although actually it's lazier, Buddy Lazier. He's very lazy. Lazy man. Buddy Lazier. So that is it from this special bonus edition of For F1's Sake, For IndyCar's Sake. It is goodbye to Phil Tromans. Goodbye, this farewell is brought to you by Heinz Tomato Ketchup with 57 varieties of tomato in every bottle or something, I can't remember. And it's goodbye to Terry Saunders. We haven't had time to talk about the kiss from the Indy Princess. What oh, the, yeah. Right, at the end, right, Takuma Sato's got milk, which is weird, but we know that's the tradition. And then suddenly this woman comes along and kisses him and leaves a lipstick mark on her cheek. And the commentator goes, and he's just got the kiss from the Indie Princess. The winner of the Indie Princess 2017 has kissed the winner. <laughs> Fuck you. We'll be back in two weeks' time to discuss another type of motorsport called Formula One. Is that right? I don't know. That's a that silly name, isn't it? Formula One. In the meantime, though, you can check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F1's sake. And you can follow us on Twitter at for F1's sake. We have some awesome FF1S merch, which will brighten up any torso or mug cupboard. Just for the record, the torso refers to T-shirts and the mug cupboard refers to mugs. Don't try and put a mug on your torso. you know... Don't try and drink tea out of a T-shirt. Inspired by IndyCar, we're not going to go crazy with health and safety. If they want to try and wear a mug, good luck to them. Good. Thanks for listening. Please tell your friends about the podcast. You can leave us a review on iTunes. That really helps us out. I've been Chikarez. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.